0: holy fucking shit it's 2023 and there's a new branching path podcast episode out hey guys it's your host kyle joined by fellow host john john how the hell are you doing my friend i'm pretty fucking good how are you kyle that's great you know what i'm i just in the intro i was like i'm not going to be able to keep that level of energy up so i'm going to bring it down a little bit so i don't tucker my little self out i'm just gonna go back to normal levels of kyle i'm good uh, this is a, this is a professional environment, Kyle. You gotta, you gotta bring that down. Oh, I thought you were gonna, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say bring it up, and I was ready to fucking jump back into obnoxious high energy. But no, I'll stay, lo- I'll stay low, I'll stay this low. Is like, this is
1: like a workplace. There's no, no joy here. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, no joy. um We got lots of games to talk about today, since we haven't done one of these in a while. We've been, we've been playing a bunch. um Yeah, I think today's gonna be basically just a kind of freewheeling chat about a bunch of games we've been into. I'll have lots of thoughts on uh, Chained Echoes, which I can't wait to talk about. Um, and I think we'll just kind of kick it off there. John, I want you to start. What do you want to chat about first?
1: Okay. Uh, I think I'll just jump right into Signalis. Hmm. Um, so played this probably, when was this at last update? My, my notes on this game were updated uh, November 15th, so it's been a while now. Mm-hmm. uh but you know how branching path podcast works <laughs> <Very> <laughs> upon <timely. laughs> the
0: the whimsies of two men <laughs> who do other things exactly
1: <laughs> um so i'll start with the gripes here first of all i love this game i had such a good time with it um, i took 17 pages of story notes i decided to play completely blind uh, and just take as much as many notes as i could to try and work out the plot because it is pretty uh
0: pretty esoteric i guess okay um, a bit of a, a bit of a mystery there
1: oh yeah and and there's still so much room for interpretation by the end um, cool there are also are you... multiple endings i didn't want to go through the game three more times to see them so after i finished i just looked up the other endings
0: but sure sure totally fair um
1: you, you were gonna ask me something
0: i was just gonna say are you are you happy with the level of kind of post analysis interpretation or do you wish there was a little bit more concreteness to uh, the wrap-up
1: uh, I, I'm. I always want clearer answers, but at the same time, I do appreciate uh, the opportunity for myself and, and just other people playing to speculate. I, I, as much as I want the the super clear answer, it's also very satisfying to just kind of have a guess and not know. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. No, so I, I, I can, I can go well, either way. I, I like it too. Um, and
1: it's it's not like you have no idea what's happening, but you can definitely. There, there's so much room to. In, interpret what's going on in this game world and there was a lot of fun to be had in it. Cool. Um, maybe if we get a sequel someday we'll get clearer answers. Um, yeah. But I'll start before with you, some sorry,
0: Just before you jump in, I think you'll be happy to know that this was on uh, Kotaku's top 10 games of
1: 2022 list. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, it's it's great. Uh, it's nice to see the some horror rap there. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think it's getting a physical release soon too. Nice. Love to snatch that up. Um, okay, so if you don't know anything about Signalus, it's a retro-inspired horror game. It has a pretty chunky retro-graphic aesthetic. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it looks fucking gorgeous, but um, it's defi- definitely modeled after in both look and feel
0: older horror games. Right, Kind of like PS1 um, era, right?
1: Yeah, PS1 era. I would say very inspired by, but looks better than PS1 yeah, era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Controls better than PS1 era. Uh, But yeah, clearly inspired by uh, and also has this it's 3D, but has this really nice kind of pixel aesthetic going too. that Mm -hmm. just it just looks really good. Um, But starting with the gripes, because this is so retro inspired, it has a limited inventory also. Mm. And I'm going to get into why I didn't care for this. Uh, So you you have a limited inventory that has to that includes um, your modules, your weapons and anything else you're carrying. Um, so you have six inventory slots and my, my gripe with this is that it didn't really change how I interacted with the game other than creating tedium instead of tension because I, the way I play I want to gather everything I can I want to have these resources so I find something I don't have the inventory space to carry it I run back to storage to free up some space I go pick right. up this thing and yeah, you're going to do that so much um and I, I liked having all of this extra ammo and whatnot so i could decide when i wanted to en- like really engage and clear out a room or something right it's interesting um, so
0: it didn't really put you in situations where you really had to make a choice about what to keep you always had the option of just backtracking and depositing it
1: for the yes. most part like there are, there are cutoffs as you progress in the story but it's it's so clear where they are you can mm. You could, they're, they're very well telegraphed, I think, but you can always just run back. Or before you commit to that, you can run back, gather all the stuff you miss. Mm. Um, and I decided to, to do that. I just I liked having all this these resources. Or I liked gathering everything I thought I might need. So if they wanted to do it like this, I, I, I might even suggest fewer items. Um, mm. So you're still encouraged to kind of scrounge for things, but the, the back and forth isn't... Um, so irritating um and it, it, the limited inventory it just it didn't it didn't add anything
0: okay that was my uh, next question is is part of this john's brainworms, or is, is is this also just a gameplay game design issue as well
1: i think there's a bit of a game design issue um yeah i, I just i don't think the limited inventory enhanced the game in any way
0: yeah fair enough and, and if that's like that's the nail in the coffin for it then right if you if because I would be the same way, John. I didn't mean to throw you under the bus there. Like, if I have the option of getting, you know, materials or whatever, I'm gonna, even if it makes me backtrack to, to keep them, I'm gonna do it myself. Um, right. And if that didn't really add anything at all, and it was really just a hindrance, then that, that's disappointing. But
1: I, I could have tolerated it more if, um, so I have to explain modules a little bit, but within that. those six slots i that includes your weapon includes your ammo that includes any modules you're carrying and then any um like puzzle related items so a a module weapon ammo self-explanatory but a module is like um an equipable thing that it's like a tool essentially um Mm -hmm. your flashlight counts as a module your stun rods to disable an enemy really quickly that's a disposable module because like they have limited quantity but it still counts as a module there isn't a dedicated uh equipped module slot that's extra irritating because when you get the flashlight you're going to want to use it a lot like there are there are darkened rooms where you 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 must have that thing otherwise it's just a giant pain in the ass to get through that room (laughs) Yeah. Um, So if you if you didn't carry it with you at the time, because you're like, I'm sure I'm going to encounter some more puzzle things. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to free up this slot so I can grab more shit. Um, You're going to have to run back to the box and grab your damn flashlight anyway. Yeah, that's frustrating. Um, So little things like that. The game could be enhanced by not having that. Um, They also try to include it in the world lore by having. uh, I'm not going to spoil any story story stuff for this, but um, you'll come across like a, a poster at some point in the game and the, the like poster art stuff and just the world building is phenomenal, but they try to make this part of the world by having something called the rule of six that applies to all of these entities in the game. Um, Mm. And (laughs) I guess I appreciate it, but I still think it's kind of silly. Yeah. Fair enough. (laughs) The rule of six, you can only have six things. Um, So yeah, limited inventory didn't add anything for me. Um, I think that's a, a uh, horror convention that could go away. <laughs>
0: um,
1: um, at the very least, have separate module and weapon slots. Like you'd still yeah. have to make a decision to, like, what ammo am I going to carry? Am I going to carry a lot, or am I going to free up those slots and and risk having to run more as I mm-hmm. as I trek through this place? But as it is, I didn't. It didn't feel that way. It just felt irritating.
0: Yeah. How was the like combat and stuff? Uh,
1: combat is pretty simple um it's it's gun based so you're it's it's like a kind of isometric not isometric um kind of like a zelda top down but angled view yeah 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 um and so within that view you can pull up your gun and then pivot on the spot to aim with like a laser sight um it's it's pretty simple combat simple doesn't mean bad it's just it's not particularly you don't have a dodge roll or anything like that right um you know, you're just gonna try and slowly outmaneuver these things and, and pick them apart when you can. Um, it's kind of like classic Resident Evil in that some enemies will revive if you don't properly like properly like finish them off. And okay. finishing them off, like Resident Evil, uh, if you remember from that game, you have to have like oil and the lighter so you can burn the zombie. Mm. Um, and here there are other consumable things that you have to decide when to spend. I liked the tension there. Okay. Cool. Uh, And and the the kind of you you have to decide which paths you're going to clear out for yourself to make going back and forth um, in some areas easier. So it's simple, but I think it works. Um, And the focus is on the the world atmosphere and like the tension created there. So I I like that combat doesn't really get in the way of that.
0: Nice. That's good.
1: Um, Um, other gripes here. Non boss enemy designs are mostly forgettable. Um I don't have much to say on that. They're just not that interesting. Okay. <laughs> um they're pretty pretty um I don't know like flavorless horror monsters, I guess. Yeah. It's um, no it's
0: no Goomba, let's say.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> the uh horror goomba. <laughs> um on PC, I, I bought the game twice, once on Steam and uh once on switch and i have issues some issues with both on pc the reason the whole reason i bought switch is because of this issue i ran into a lot of control issues that just were it was souring the experience and i didn't want that to stop me from finishing the game Uh, but i couldn't even start the game without alt tabbing out of the game first to stop it from reading some phantom input from being held down Uh, because you you hold down the uh one of the controller buttons in order to switch like save profiles mm-hmm. and it was reading that button being held down every single time Weird. so i would have to alt tab to like clear that it was, it was a huge pain in the ass yeah. um, did
0: you did you like so look I'm, into that was that is that a common issue for people
1: uh that yeah i looked into it because that's how i figured out you have to alt tab to clear that thing oh, okay um, i see but yeah people were experiencing that it might have been patched by now because it's yeah. been a few months but yeah it annoyed me so i just bought it on switch switch played really well um there's a a couple of actually there's there's one recurring small issue that got in the way in like very minor ways but i'll just list it here anyway um doors feel a little bit a little bit more delayed before they open um and doors open um when you approach a door you're waiting for a prompt to appear and then you hit the button and the door slides open right Um, Mm -hmm. but when you're running from an enemy if there's a delay there that you can take a hit Um, and it it felt a lot snappier on pc Mm -hmm. Um, and also i don't know if that because i didn't get this far on steam i don't know if this was an issue um, or maybe even a weird design choice but there's a unusual area called or it's marked as nowhere when you look at the the name of the area you're in on your save file and i ran into this really frequent Door bug, or what I would consider a bug, where I'd enter a new room, I would spawn behind the closed door, only for the game to realize, like, oh shit, he's not actually in the room yet, and then it just like kind of slingshots me through the door into the center of the room. (laughs) Oh, I see. (laughs) Uh, But but at the same time, this area has kind of a glitchy aesthetic to it, so I oh, and also the themes of the game. So I'm just kind of like i'm kind of trying to figure out if this was an intentional oddity yeah. or a frequent bug um i have a hard time believing it was intentional uh because i have uh or what am i trying to say uh it's possible it was intentional because i have a hard time believing that a team with that kind of uh attention to detail would would miss that during their testing but mm-hmm. and it does it would kind of fit the the themes of the game but it was annoying because you would you would get slingshot into like a group of enemies <laughs>
0: Yeah, fair enough. So, it's so it like, didn't oh, feel God like God. an intentional <laughs> glitch thing necessarily.
1: Yeah, I, I would, I could buy it if it was, but it didn't feel that way. And yeah. I, if it was intentional, it didn't add anything. So yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, that's it for gripes. I'm going to get into some shit I really liked. Um, I like that enemies weren't overly spongy, like they weren't Resident Evil remake bullet sponges. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, one of my notes here is just pay attention, Resident Evil. <laughs> um they felt good to me overall uh the placements and their movement abilities and whatnot it felt like i always had the tools to deal with what the game was throwing at me Um, awesome because the 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 main decision making process they want you to go through is whether or not you're going to spend resources to make this easier next time and I, i think they did a really good job with that um I liked making the choice to deal with enemies reviving versus using those resources to, to get rid of them. Um, I thought that felt great. Uh, the available weapons were pretty simple, but they did fit the game and I thought they felt pretty
0: good. Yeah. Good, good uh, variability. Also, there's a, revi- or, or what?
1: Yeah. There's some good options. You know, there's staples like, um, pistol shotgun, Uzi and things like that. They, they aren't really changing the game. Um, what am I trying to say? Um, They felt good. The designs were cool, but they weren't like super unique to this game. Right. Okay. But there is a revolver and that's automatically the best one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I read a lot of complaints on the boss fights when I looked some of them up after I finished. And uh, I didn't didn't feel that. I thought they felt pretty good. Okay. There aren't a lot of bosses. They're not overused. Uh, There's very few bosses actually. Um, And I thought they were interesting and i surprised myself with this because they have extra mobs and i normally hate that um but as part of the the gameplay loop here you also make the decision on whether or not you're going to spend resources bringing those down before Mm. focusing the boss right but Mm -hmm, you you don't mm. have to do that either okay um and i i did the same boss fight a few times just to see how well it would, would work and i was able to to beat the boss both ways, and like I'd have different levels of resources left when I finished. Uh, yeah, and it was it was cool. I thought they were fine and they aren't overused. Um, aside from the the bugs I talked about in the gripe section, there I didn't encounter anything else, which was awesome. So it's a pretty stable game. Nice. Um, <laughs> I have a note here that just says I had to bring the puzzle solving part of my brain out of retirement for this game. <laughs> <laughs> like I had to think about some of these. Pretty hard, but none oh, yeah. of them felt. None of them felt unfair or
0: or overly obtuse. So I thought that yeah. was pretty good. That's good. And then they didn't leave you so frustrated that you stopped playing for a while or anything like that.
1: uh no, um, I thought they felt really good. Um, Did I, you know, actually? I'd use my phone sometimes to take a screenshot, so I wouldn't have to run okay. back between rooms okay. so often. Um, actually, I will. I'll raise one more complaint here, um, specifically about this. There is a module in here that lets you take photos, essentially. So you could have your own little library in game of like screenshots of an area. So you could, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do what I did with my phone um, or like the Windows Snip tool. But my yeah. problem with that is it's a module. It takes up a slot.
0: Oh, that's brutal. So I, 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 didn't use that thing. Yeah. Cause, cause you would just take a picture then obviously with your phone.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it just feeds into that, the annoyance of the inventory and not having an yeah. equipped slot.
0: Uh, yeah. That's, that a, that's a good something we've always talked about is have as much in your game, you know, have as many tools in your game as possible, so that people don't feel the need to go to a wiki or something, right, or or to kind of break immersion and use some sort of outside tool to make something easier. So in this case, that would be that taking exactly photos in the game and then keeping that in the game, but they they ruined that for themselves by making it take up a slot. So then of course you're not going to bring it because you have another option. That's too bad. That, yeah, it's it's exactly. cool they included it, but they. They shot themselves in the foot, unfortunately.
1: Also, given the nature of like the game world and your character, it would have made far more sense to just have that permanently now. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't need to occupy a slot. Um, yeah. and, and if you play this someday, you'll see exactly what I mean when you get there. But uh, yeah, that was, that's a minor annoyance. Um, graphically, they fucking nailed the look. They Sweet. Their environment design is phenomenal. That's... It's so good. I was so absorbed. Awesome. Um, they have modern controls. They have tank controls as an option, but you don't have to use them. Like tank controls exist because in when RE came out, when you had fixed camera angles, getting disoriented all the time, every time you you transition radically between camera angles was a huge pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. So they made your movement character based instead. So forward is always forward relative to your character. Um, right. Some, some people love that. I've never been a huge fan. Um, and the fact that you can do modern here is awesome. I like that okay. despite how influenced they were by the, the classics. They didn't they didn't stick to that um, so rigidly that they, they kind of hampered themselves here other than the inventory mm-hmm. issue. But yeah, modern controls feels great. Cool. <laughs> uh, and then we talked about a little bit at the top there, but the last note I have here is I like that the story had a lot of room for interpretation
0: cool and the story in general you were just satisfied with the presentation and delivery and the writing and all that stuff
1: oh yeah i was on board um earlier on um so one reason i'll i guess the last thing i'll say here is one reason i took all those notes is because uh there is in the beginning it does feel a bit like just this this kind of mess of proper nouns and Mm sci-fi jargon um and you kind of got to push through that a bit or or just be willing to to Put up with that for a while, and or, or put put in the the work to kind of interpret these things and, and try and figure out what the hell they mean. Yeah, um, I think that could have been delivered a little better. Sure. Uh, at the same time, when I started taking notes, I found my enjoyment of the game, uh, my enjoyment of the game story went up a lot. So that's it interesting. Was, it was a great little exercise for myself, but I could see how that wouldn't be some people's cup of tea.
0: I am um, on, on this topic this is, this is an interesting topic for me because I'm a big avid fantasy novel reader and they all grapple with this problem, right? You've got to introduce your reader to your world and all of the unique jargon and terms and rules, both you know, politically and magically, all that stuff. You've got to orient them, but you don't want it to just be this fucking boring exp- or, um, exposition dump, right? or or this like okay the first chapter is a lesson on the history and rules of the world because that's just very textbook like and not fun to read um, right so i feel like i'm pretty accustomed to to that approach where they have they they kind of you know there's options obviously i think some authors that i've read will do a bit more of a heavy-handed exposition let's get this out of the way right at the top so that you don't have any questions anymore and i don't tend to like that style nearly as much as i like being kind of left to have those words hang in the air without me understanding what the fuck they mean but with me clearly understanding that I'm to do my best to kind of remember those pieces of the puzzle and then they'll give me the the keys later to kind of find where they go and and fit it all together when that's done well when it's presented like that piecemeal but you get to start putting it together yourself and building the world in your mind uh, that way when it's done well I think it's it's actually really rewarding but again it can be pretty overwhelming, especially if, it, like, you know, you, we could easily do a reductio ad absurdum where we made fun of this and just had, like, you know, 10 minutes of an intro sequence that was nothing but proper nouns and jargon that just literally made no sense. And that would just be yeah, right. inarguably pretty bad. So, um, anyways, yeah, that, that's a tough thing to accomplish. But in, in in how long do you think you felt before, sorry, how long did it take before you felt like you kind of had your bearings, do you think?
1: um it's it's kind of hard to recall after a few months of not playing um but i i just started taking notes on every little thing i thought would matter and and relied on the game to help me get some context later that didn't yeah. always happen uh, and i wanted to make a quick comment on what you just said um uh, about that style of delivering a story what, um I, I i do i appreciate that too i like that um if it's if it's well written and the author is trusting you to pick up the context through the yeah. rest of the clues and whatnot they give you. When that works, I, I really like that. Um, it didn't always work here. Um, I, I'd say I'm trying to remember my playtime with this game now. Um, I think I think it was over 15 hours, and I'd say maybe a few hours in before you really start to get any grasp on what on what's going on beyond yeah. like the real surface level stuff but <laughs> don't quote me on that it's it's been sure. months now it's kind of hard to remember <laughs> yeah
0: an, an example uh, i'd give of 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 this that that for me worked really well but i've talked to a few other people for whom it didn't work nearly as well so i think there's just some degree of taste here as well but um right. the the book way of kings by brandon sanderson the very first prologue chapter is awesome book like yeah, it's an awesome book like two and a half pages it's, it's a really really short one and it is extremely disorienting and it's meant to be like it throws you into this oh, oh right i know the, middle, exactly the section you're talking right at about. the end yeah right at the end of what was clearly just some big action scene um there are like four or five named characters or maybe they're not named in that scene i don't remember but four or five characters you don't know who they are uh they're talking about this really weird esoteric stuff they're doing really weird things that without any context don't make any sense yet. But for me, I found it super compelling because he wrote it well and it was interesting. And right away, it set up this cool mystery of what the hell was all that stuff? Like, I, I can't wait to find out what that means. And he, he did it in, a, I think, a tasteful way in that it's super dense for those two pages. And then he says, okay, forget about all that for now. And I think he's kind of hoping you will forget about it to some degree we're going to jump right. into the characters you're going to spend the most time with now and we will slowly pick apart and tease apart that kind of intro thing that you saw and you'll start remembering, "Oh, that's like that thing from back before." So, you know, a, a type of foreshadowing, I guess, but also I just I like sometimes that really abrupt introduction to a fantasy world, again, if it, if it's done well. So, but but again, I've talked to people who who just find that kind of thing annoying and heavy-handed and obnoxious and not fun. So, i think you have to be
1: in a mood for it like when because I'm, I'm also not
0: always in the mood to play a game like this right right um
1: that requires like that level of of i guess engaging engagement or even critical thinking i guess yeah yeah to yeah. to get through this and and pick out the whatever meaning i can get from it but yeah i i agree i really like when something like that is set up and you're you're trusted to make those realizations later and also you have to kind of trust the storyteller to give you the right info mm-hmm. so that you can make that connection and when it works it's fucking awesome
0: yeah and, but you're right do you, you also do have to kind of put the effort in right and i i can see some people just not wanting to do that <laughs> maybe yeah, like, today I, I didn't want to have to remember the term falci and see and keep that in my head <laughs> This is in reference oh to something else. This is not in reference to Way Kings. <laughs> <laughs>
1: upcoming, upcoming uh, shit fest there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess the final thing I'd say about Signalist is I really liked it. Uh, and I think people definitely play it. And when you decide to play it, do it when you're in the mood to, to take notes and, and engage that way. And I think you'll get the most out of it.
0: Cool. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. I, again, it, it's on my list. I'll have to have to give it a try at some point. Um cool. All right, I'm going to steal the mic and start talking about Pokémon Scarlet cuz um my fiance and I finished that one we kind of played it together, which was helpful because there were definitely moments where I didn't want to play it and she just took the controller and made progress for us, which was great. Um yes. which is to say I loved it. It was the best game ever. Um it was pretty <laughs> middling. Like it wasn't terrible. You know, I think we had something like 50 hours, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little less. Um, by the time we finished the main story, there, there is a 50, 50, five,
1: zero hours, five,
0: zero. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's actually pretty good.
0: Oh yeah. It's a good chunk of time. Um, again, we, we, we could have butt rushed it and done it faster, but that was with a fair bit of exploration and catching every new Pokemon we found and looking for new Pokemon, that kind of thing. Right. Trying to fill out the Pokedex and all that jazz, right. um, which we'll get to in a minute, but I think is actually a fundamental problem with the game the games, you know, for the last couple decades even. So, open world, like a proper open world, the first time they've done that. Um, let's start with the technical issues. This game is unforgivably buggy and shitty looking. It looks terrible. I can't believe they got away with shipping it like this. Forgive my political metaphor here, but it's it reminds me very much, I won't, I'm not going to belabor this for long, but it reminds me very much of Donald Trump and how he would do something insane and crazy that had never been done before and it's like oh my god that's so outside the pale but then we'd all just get used to it and then he'd just go and do another crazy thing and the bar kept getting lower and lower right Right. this this reminded me very much of that where it was like oh my god how could a triple a studio from like one of the richest companies game companies in japan put out such a shitty product technically speaking we all, you know, yelled about it for a couple days, and then moved on, and just bought it and played it anyways. And now, you know, if they did it again, who cares? Like, I, I honestly don't see them paying the price for this at all. But
1: it's insane how normal that's become.
0: Yeah, it, it looks again, and this is this is a big old rich studio. I the, this Pokemon, it's the it's the mainline Pokemon game. You would expect it to at least look good. Um, and like, I'd say Pokemon Sword, like. Since they jumped to the Switch, and maybe this is part of the reason—I don't know—I have a hard time excusing this because the game developers—they're experienced. I would expect them to be able to switch from you know 3DS to Switch and and make a good-looking game that runs well because the Switch is exactly new hardware, anyways. Anyways, the the 3DS games and stuff—they look really good. Like Sun and Moon, I guess the last ones on handhelds before they jumped to Switch with Sword and uh, Shield look great the animations and models are awesome like i've got no complaints at all about those games so it's really just since they jumped to to console where they've kind of shit the bed um and yeah so so the game is a technical disaster holy shit what the fuck so that's out of the way um <laughs> fundamentally pokemon just is not an interesting series anymore I can still get excited about like new Pokemon designs. I can I can still find joy in all that stuff and seeing what the new roster is. So there's some value there, um, but in practice, playing the game, they they really, despite it being open world, have added nothing to the formula to make it more compelling. And after I'll get to Chain Echoes in a little bit, but after playing Chain Echoes, which is an RPG, which I think has a really great incentive structure. Just as the world opens up, you have more to do, and it feels good to do those things. If you're if you're doing something in that game, if I open a treasure chest in Chained Echoes, I'm kind of like, one, I'm getting the reward from the treasure chest. Two, I'm, I'm working towards kind of a passive other goal, which I won't go into right now. Um, the feedback loop is, is excellent. It's something as simple as just opening a treasure chest can be more than just getting, you know, the, the healing item, which is, which is brilliant in my opinion. Pokemon's incentive is just to kind of get new Pokemon for the sake of getting new Pokemon right. and beat the gym badges for the sake of getting the next gym badge so you can get the next gym badge and then eventually beat the game. The The reward of, you know, story and stuff like that, that's a joke. The story in the game's a fucking joke. Like, it's pathetic, in my opinion. I, I think it was so uninteresting i just have nothing to say about it other than that i'm not going to go into it the story was was paper thin didn't care
1: before before Um, we move on from that has there ever been an interesting pokemon story
0: well i actually think yes i think that um poke like the second generation of pokemon while not groundbreaking at least has clear interesting villains and a little bit of continuity from the previous entry like in, in the second generation of pokemon it's still team rocket that you're fighting and it's Team okay. Rocket trying to claw their way back from being defeated by a ten-year-old in the first game, right? <laughs> so they—they they, <laughs> are—they're a, sh- a shadow of their former selves. So the organization is kind of underground a little bit more than it was in the first game, um, but they are still the main threat. And, and just their motivations are compelling. They—they they capture Pokemon and basically enslave them and use them for evil. I don't know. It's—it's—it's it's it's an easy thing to. It's a, its a good foil for you and your main character, right? Um, right and it, top it may that, not
1: be super deep but it's still like charmingly delivered
0: yeah yeah and, and effective i guess the word i would just use is it's it's effective um again i don't need some super deep i actually say this as i've gotten older i i less and less require some crazy ingenuity and uniqueness to a story right. i just want compelling well <laughs> the pokemon doesn't satisfy this but compelling characters is something obviously i enjoy um and a competent plot and and like tonal consistency those are probably my three main things um when when people this story this is getting really off track now with storytelling but i remember when we watched the first avatar back when i was a teenager you guys probably been in your early 20s i guess or maybe late teenager but um avatar the the james cameron film we yeah. had a really good time i think we enjoyed it quite a bit in the theater and I remember leaving the theater and thinking, oh, that was a, that was a good film. It was a competent film. I, I cared about those characters and their struggle. And I went to school the next week or whatever, and what I'd hear all the contrarians saying, and, and again, if they didn't like the movie fair enough, I'm not going to say you can't like the first Avatar. It's not amazing by any means, but they, would always, they were griping a lot about this talking point that it was basically just the story of Pocahontas retold. I think that's a bit reductive as well, but I, I kind of see the similarities. But for me... I just don't really care about similarities to an already existing story. Is if I care about your characters and I care about their struggle, I'm probably going to be a happy enough man. Um, and then there's probably yeah, a level I of don't, I don't Saint think Qua.
1: everything, not every story has to be, not even, no story will ever be like that, 100% that's
0: exactly original. <laughs> exactly right. No story at this point, honestly, can be. 100 percent original because there are so many stories and humans only have so many ranges of emotions right
1: yeah it's uh it's i agree it's fine to uh retread some ground and just retell it your way but just make it interesting
0: (laughs) yeah so anyways sorry a bit off track there so i I think pokemon the second generation has a pretty has probably the best setup and, and, and world for for your journey and stuff um so but but you're right this the series definitely is not known for its its compelling story which is a problem though right they could make an effort there to actually write a a through narrative that's interesting um but they don't they, they definitely i don't think they even are really trying to be honest with you like it's really you know back of a napkin stuff as far as story and, and plot development goes so right I, I have not played a pokemon
1: in a long time so i'm, I'm...
0: I'm very curious on
1: because you, you've played all of them, haven't you?
0: No, well...
1: Sword and Shield, Arceus, this latest one.
0: Yeah, I uh, so I, I fell off in the middle generation, so I didn't really play um, Diamond and Pearl. That's fourth gen when they came out. So I was right. a teenager then and I was kind of... I, I bought them. I remember I bought it for the DS. The, the original Fat DS. And okay. I remember thinking at the time, I don't like these Pokemon designs and the game just didn't didn't hold me. Um, and then I also skipped five, which was black and white. So I kind of missed two generations there. And then I came back for X and Y on the DS, but by then okay. the series had gone full baby mode and was like X and Y was so like it played itself. There was, there was no risk of you not finishing that game for lack of planning and scale. Like it's just so easy. Um, Shit. and again, story-wise, not, not interesting in my opinion,
1: Right. Um, all right, I'm gonna stop distracting you. No, it's okay. That's okay.
0: Ask, ask away. But like, interrupt as much as you want. Anyways, Scarlet and Violet, I think, is especially weak in its story, though. Um, this is partially the open world. It's it's really easy to screw up the the pacing in an open world game. This is an issue with every open world game. You can fucking take an axe to the pacing that they're trying to set up because you decide to go fuck off and do your own thing for a while, right? Definitely. Like, like imagine imagine you were reading a book or watching a movie and they carefully crafted this plot in the pacing but you had the option to at some point be like oh there's a shiny thing over there i'm going to spend two hours of this movie making my characters go investigate that and at the end maybe not even have a good reward and then i'll come <laughs> back to the story like you lose all of that that momentum right
1: i was like um when you i can't think of an example off the top of my head but in in most rpgs there's cutoff points before some big event right yeah but you can always like go right up to the line and be like, oh, you know what? <laughs> I forgot to deliver this cheese uh, and check off that fetch quest. I'll be right back."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, especially when the stakes are really high, right? <laughs> it's like yeah, like you guys magical... just keep
1: fighting. Yeah. I'm going to wander away for like 10 hours, do some side <laughs> content. I'll come back later. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So again, especially when it's, it's a time sensitive, high stakes thing. Like, they've got this big weapon that's going to destroy the world. We have to get there as soon as possible. Oh, but I have 10 side quests to wrap up. So,
1: You know, it's FF7 with, uh, and I love that game, but meteors hanging in the sky. And it's like, you know what? I didn't finish the gold saucer. I'll be
0: right back. <laughs> yeah, you'll play, you'll play mini games. Yeah, even better. I'm going to
1: go snowboard.
0: Yeah. Now, I will say, that, so again, in those games though usually there's only so much that you can do before you kind of don't have anything else to do and so progress the story it just doesn't matter of i've done everything else right right um plus i do think in rpgs their scope like their big scope tends to make the story beats kind of sit with you differently anyways
1: Does that make yeah sense? i'm also being i'm also being like kind of uh i'm oversimplifying it like in, in the ff7 example meteor hanging in the sky changes the tone of the whole game the skybox right. has changed the overworld music has changed and and that depressive atmosphere is everywhere like i I'm, I'm joking about it but like being able to go off and finish things before you go deal with that i i think it honestly makes sense in that case right. um, but I, I see where you're going with the open world stuff because um In an open world example, you probably wouldn't have changes that significant. There'd be like a zone where Meteor's visible and then you can warp back to the beginning and it's like nothing ever happened. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly.
0: Um, So the problem though in Pokemon is the open world is the only interesting thing about the game. So just exploring the landscape and running into Pokemon you haven't seen before, especially if it's a Pokemon you have an affinity for and you want to catch it, that's fun and it's pretty organic and the pokemon are typically fairly well thought out as to what environments they are in that kind of makes sense with their design and stuff like that so the water pokemon obviously will be in like beaches and and lakes and stuff like that the mountain ones will be in like a rocky area so that's cool like that organic ecosystem aspect of it is new and, and interesting um they'll often have like uh herds of certain pokemon too like Tauros, for example Travel in these little herds, and it's just it's neat to see that again—the kind of ecology piece of Pokemon makes they the world do feel, move
1: in herds.
0: that yeah, makes the world feel a bit more alive. <laughs> the issue, then, of course, is that there's like ridiculous pop and, and you know it looks terrible and runs terrible, so it kind of undercuts that strong aspect of the game. But it's shocking
1: you, to me that that's still the case when Nintendo could go. I don't know where Monolith's office is, but I'm, they're owned by Nintendo, and these are the Xenoblade people. But. Right, right. And not only that, the uh, the team that did Breath of the Wild. Like, I gotta assume these this Pokemon team has access to some of that expertise. And I think it's it's, it's
0: a good indication though that they do not work together. Right, like there's no sharing of resources or knowledge. It seems like it. Yeah, They're like, their, their own no... siloed projects, and they do their own thing.
1: It's like they didn't even fucking document it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, it's, I, who knows? God only knows what kind of developmental um, mismanagement there was. But yeah, that, those are actually that's a, a good point too, John. I, want, I meant to mention there's no excuse for their open world and people saying, "Oh, it's their first time doing open world," so of course there's going to be some you know hiccups. It's just lazy to excuse it for them when their contemporaries are doing it just fine on the Switch, no less. So
1: it's also lazy because Nintendo. Part of building up Nintendo's rep was being this trailblazing game dev company. The first, like 3D Mario on 64, they hadn't done that before.
0: Yeah, so yeah, Nintendo there, was setting the standard for a long time, right? Th-
1: there's effort, serious effort, and, and learning, and, and resources, obviously, and, and money to pay these people, but it's all poured into to really getting it right the first time, or as right as possible the first time. And yeah. It's like, despite being. What what is it? The best selling franchise in in game history right now?
0: I, th- I think it's like literally the best selling franchise in the world, all categories included. Like I, I think that is holds, insanity. Yeah, I know. It holds the distinction of being like the number one franchise of anything in the world, which is nuts.
1: But the 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 effort does not in any way measure up to no what that what it's bringing in it's <laughs> they so they haven't earned frustrating. it <laughs> <laughs> no not at all
0: <laughs> and, and and mario 64 is also a fucking excellent example because i hadn't really played much mario 64 as a kid I, we, I talked about this on the podcast recently i'm sure but i played it when it came as part of that nintendo switch like 3d mario collection um and oh, yeah. that game handles so incredibly well, considering that was the first time it's ever been done. And playing it, I I, I knew how to play it because I'd played modern day 3D Mario. And modern day three D Mario just builds off the fucking incredible foundation of Mario sixty four. Like if you can play the, one, bi- you can the play biggest the other.
1: improvements, the biggest improvements in modern Mario is probably just the camera. The yes, movement yes. in Mario sixty four is still fucking great.
0: Yeah, it's buttery smooth. It, it's it's mind blowingly good. I, it really blew me away when I played it on the Switch collection. So, anyways. Yeah. Um, where, where Pokemon just stagnates as soon as you stop doing that exploration stuff because you're either getting gym badges, which is super samey. You just do the same thing. You fight a gym leader, six Pokemon. You're going to fucking steamroll them probably because the game's pretty easy. And you go and do it seven more times. And there's no, there's really no story there, right? You meet a new gym leader, you kick their ass, you move on to the next one. So you, we've done this for, like, whatever, eight or nine games already. It's not exactly fresh anymore. Um, right or you're doing one of five like these kind of raid battle things where you go to a a base of like the antagonist group the starfall group or something i don't i think they're called starfall they fucking suck um (laughs) sorry let me just the starfall group is a group of students who are at risk of being expelled because they've been skipping too much class and they're quote-unquote creating trouble that trouble's never really shown. Like they aren't like stealing people's Pokemon or beating people up. They're just troublemakers, in quotes. Wait,
1: that—that's the the replacement for like a Team Rocket.
0: Yes, this is like the Team Rocket of this game. Oh
1: god, that's lame.
0: And and I'm fucking. I'm just gonna spoil the big reveal because there's five of these different like leaders for the Starfall bases. Okay, so spoilers right. for Pokemon story, which ain't shit so don't go anywhere fuck you if you leave right now okay but spoilers um (laughs) they the big twist is that the five of them all stood up to their bullies as a group and then those bullies ended up getting expelled so then people said oh you starfall people are the real jerks what i can't even make it i like saying it out loud i'm i'm I want to just stop recording the podcast and go punch a wall. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, it's so dumb. Like that's literally the conceit and then at the end, you know, you become everybody's friends again and they get to go back to school and oh god, uh, it's so, some so god vapid. awful writing right there. So vapid. So that was dumb. I hated it. And and the, the whole gimmick there is that in this game you can send your pokémon out of its pokeball to kind of auto battle Pokémon in the overworld. And it, right. it auto-resolves the battle based on stats and type weaknesses and stuff. It, I don't know. It's a gimmick. It's never going to come back because they never build on their formula. So it'll be a one and done. It was fine. I didn't dislike it. Uh, it was kind can of we a go cool back? Aid. Can we go back
1: to Starfall for just one moment?
0: No. Because <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, are there any stakes in the game? Um, like t- team rocket and like in, in the world of Pokemon team rocket, or I'm, I'm sure some of the other generations of enemies that I had these nefarious plots, but they were at least like doing something to affect the world of Pokemon. in Yes. This case. Yes. Like, like abusing Pokemon. Yeah. Or stealing. And okay, it sounds again, like stealing. Yeah, Pokemon. It sounds like Starfall does nothing.
0: Yeah. Starfall does nothing. No, no, they, they have Ugh. no serious agency of any kind. Um, That's so lame. yeah, it was super lame. Um, Again, Steam Rocket's effective because stealing Pokemon is really easy to empathize with being the victim of, because if somebody stole your pet, you'd fucking kill for them, right? Like, we all love John Wick because we get it, right? (laughs) Yeah, Um, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, anyways. um, No, Starfall sucks poo. I really have nothing good to say. That whole quest line was so frustratingly dumb. And then the other quest line, you're basically finding these special herbs called Herba Mystica, this is actually the questline I liked the best. It was also total shit and boring and repetitive, but there were kind of some stakes here because yeah. you don't know it at first, so again, mild spoilers. But you find out quickly that the guy that you're helping do this has a sick Pokemon and you're trying to help him get that Pokemon back to health. And there were serious questions as to whether it was actually going to survive. I thought maybe they were going to kill it off. And I was like, oh my God, if they do that, they've, they've actually done something interesting with this game. They didn't. We, well. we, we healed the guy and he was fine. But, but again, good stakes there. I cared about that. Like, oh, an animal in distress. My fiance is a veterinarian. She responded to that pretty well. Um, it just yeah. And you're
1: supposed to empathize with Pokemon and their trainers in yes. this world, right? Yes, but like that's, make, that's us a pretty feel, natural make us feel, make us feel
0: something, you fuckers. Like, but but yeah. that's that, that should be. I'm amazed that's not in every fucking Pokemon game, right? not that it should yeah, be. It that should. would be kind of lazy too. But how is but this something, like?
1: like in those lines yeah
0: yeah how is this one of the first examples of you're helping a person with a sick pokemon and you actually build a bit of a relationship with them um so anyways that was decent the character that like had the sick pokemon he sucked i don't like him he's annoying he had weird eyelashes um (laughs) that's not the reason i didn't like him but that was just one extra (laughs) dig at him that's that's the only reason in his design (laughs) uh but again the, the actual mechanics of of dealing with that quest line was go to an area marked on your map fight a big version of a pokemon which is really fucking easy and then go get the herb in the cave and watch the cutscene of the animal getting a little bit better of the pokemon getting a bit better do it five right. times like it's so repetitive and uninspired and fucking uninteresting when you're done getting all the gym badges beating the elite four and becoming the new champion uh, finishing those Starfall things and then finishing the Urban Mystica quests. Then there's like a kind of end game little scenario. Shit gets kind of weird and goes off the rails. There's like uh, this involves the the legendary Pokemon now. I thought it was weak. There's like a time travel kind of aspect of these games. A Scarlet and Violet in particular, sorry, I should say. Um okay. Which it was vaguely interesting, but. It was such an afterthought that lasted for an hour at the end of the game that it was like, okay, who cares? There was no build. There was no build up here at all. Um, again, if they, yeah, if they had like a continuous narrative, maybe they could have done something interesting with it, but they didn't. They didn't care. Who cares? Whatever. We beat it. It's like a five out of ten at best. There were some six, maybe seven out of ten moments. You know, finding cool Pokemon we liked, finding a new Pokemon that I really liked from the current generation, which became our favorite. So it's Tinka Tink. Um, evolves into Tinkaton at the end. It's a three-stage evolution. Um, that, in that aspect of it, finding a new Pokemon that you like the design of and is good, and then you know evolving it and putting in the work that, that can, that's still pretty fun. But uh, they desperately just need to. Pokemon is always held to a different standard for some reason. And now even I find tech... that's
1: Nintendo in general. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you're right. You're right. Nintendo in general is absolutely. I think Pokemon especially, and even even more so with the fucking technical shortfalls uh, of this game, people just kind of excused it and, and we all moved on. Um, right. I think that they don't need to fundamentally reinvent the series. I, I really don't think they need to do that. I just think they need to try and actually write a compelling story and look at RPG like um, progression and incentive and reward and take a totally new approach to that but when i say new i don't mean new in the genre just new for pokemon um right again i'll talk about chain deckos in a bit but it's convinced me that you do not need to reinvent the wheel you just need to do the conventions that we know well and maybe put a couple fresh you know spins on them last thing i'll say the other thing that's driving you in these games is completing the pokedex the incentive for that is non-existent it's just for yourself right it's for your own little gamer boner if you decide you want to tell somebody I completed the Pokedex (laughs) and Pokemon Scarlet. Aren't I cool? The game itself gives you a couple rewards along the way when you, like, catch 100, catch 200. But those rewards were literally, like, 10 Pokeballs i didn't give a fuck about that i wasn't that that sucks shit that's nothing
1: by time by time you have 200 entries there you can afford your own Pokemon.
0: yeah well, i can afford a million pokeballs <laughs> like it literally it was like almost worse than not giving me anything um and again that's, when you that do that com- sucks <laughs> i don't i don't know for a fact for scarlet but just going based off of like every other pokemon game when you do complete the pokedex there's like a, a, a po- there's a credit scene like oh you beat the game which is unique from the normal you beat the game credit scene but again that alone isn't really good incentive for me to catch and these in these cases over 400 unique pokemon now right like that that gets kind of tedious and doing it just for the sake of saying you did it is so weak so i think that they need to take a a look at that right what what fun progression system can we implement with catching pokemon or maybe you know i'm just going to say a random example that they don't necessarily need to they shouldn't do but there's like a whole town building aspect of the game but you need to populate that town with pokemon who are you know strong in those particular areas of rebuildings like you need a machoke here to to build houses and you need this pokemon to do this that would be a a neat little incentive to actually having to catch certain pokemon right as opposed to just it
1: also it also fits in the world they pretend they've okay yes they built because like pokemon are supposed to live a alongside you and like be a big part of your life and they they never fucking show that
0: okay so this that's a great point john so they they tried in pokemon um sword and shield to like you know it's always like lip service they pay lip service to this idea but they don't show it well but in pokemon sword and shield corviknight is this big night bird thing is really cool and they're like the taxi service in that game um okay now again it's just shown as a little loading screen icon that a corviknight is carrying a taxi but the idea is cool why the hell in an open world pokemon game are they not showing like machokes building houses or like again all these pokemon they've they've designed that should be integrated into kind of human society it'd be amazing it'd yeah be really cool some some world building there right but they they don't they've, do that. they've
1: really let down the potential of the, yes. the premise thank you um, they thank have you. not they have not lived up to it and i wanted to come back to the pokedex for a second because the whole incentive structure of Pokemon is to get new cool Pokemon and raise your Pokemon. It's it's laughable to me that when the core thing is catching Pokemon, the reward for catching Pokemon is so mediocre. Yeah, well, again, the <laughs> like reward you, is... You, get, yeah. you should be getting things that help fucking uh, kind of... Ch- I'm going to talk about ease soon in, in my next game here, but um, you find equipment in that game that changes the way you play the game a bit like right I'm so it should be some to me it should be something that's substantial where uh, the way i approach the game it can can change now because i've i've caught these 200 pokemon right
0: sure i i um agreed i i I, didn't, I think they wouldn't even necessarily have to make it so that i play the game differently but just show me that this is having some sort of impact on the game world again aside sure. from just the checklist in my pokedex right right um, yeah, and, and I think a big part of that would come down to storytelling and scope and, like, how they approached all of that. It all needs to work together, but uh, I don't know. The the you, you said it, and I'll repeat it. They, they just have not lived up to the potential, and where, where catching Pokemon for the sake of it was maybe fun for a couple generations because of the novelty, like, we're so far past that at this point, in my humble opinion, of course, but
1: according to sales i guess not
0: <laughs> yeah i know that's the problem is we all buy them so um that's the end of a 30 year old uh whinging about uh, a game for 10 year olds um, this is actually sorry one more thing i want to talk about right. i find it interesting games are really interesting because video games initially appealed to a lot of us as kids but it's a hobby we've grown up with and have been able to continue to kind of get joy from as adults. The IPs that initially were kind of aimed at kids. So we'll say Pokemon, they had options, right? They could either move the series in a way that catered a bit more to the audience that initially grew up with them, or they can try and cater to the new younger generation and get new buyers and and people interested in the products and that kind of thing. Um, i be interested in because they've obviously catered towards the new children, in my opinion. They are not catering towards the longtime Pokemon fans, right? Um, I agree. I'd
1: agree with that for sure.
0: I, I wonder what the smarter like business move is, and, and I, I'm guessing they have probably tons of evidence to show that this is the way. This is how they're going to capitalize on it more. The old people are still going to end up buying the game for nostalgia reasons. They already have a bunch of affinity for these, you know, peripheral products like plushies and shit. We just need to get. Pikachu and more human beings' brains, so they'll buy more Pikachu plushies and we'll be tri-billionaires. So I'm guessing that from a financial <laughs> incentive, they just—that's why they keep getting rewarded for making the same game over and over again because they just keep aiming it at a new audience who hasn't played it before. But it's frustrating. It,
1: it, it bugs me a lot. Um, obviously, at the top of the food chain in the decision-making process is uh, is a board of people that care more about money and shares than anything, but. It, it, it's it's frustrating because the, to me the clear answer is do both. The resources you have at your disposal because of how well this franchise does means you can satisfy both the upcoming, uh, the grow, still growing audience uh, that's going to be introduced to Pokemon soon by their parents or their friends who grew up with Pokemon. Right. Um, that you could be satisfying both streams, and, and make a shitload of money. Even yeah. if it's slightly less money, you this like, you're not in any <laughs> danger of, of you know what I mean. Like it bugs me because it's it seems like again profits over everything, um, even even at the when it means sacrificing the the fucking quality and the potential of your ideas.
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, like I, I think you said what did you say a second ago? Less money. That's all they like. If a if a fucking Pokemon company slightly sees, less money. Yeah, yeah, CEO was listening to this <laughs> podcast. That's all they heard. They didn't hear anything else <laughs> except for slightly less money. Okay, so that is off the table. You know what I mean? Like It's
1: off the table.
0: You are right though. They they they're obviously public companies and so they've got shareholders and all that shit. So all the fun all the fun soul-sucking aspects of capitalism that get in the way of the creatives, right? I know I I'm sympathetic to like the whole industry and these teams as a whole because obviously if you give too much power to the creatives, projects never get done people are never satisfied you know what i mean creative types are notorious for always wanting to go back and rework something they did earlier and, and it never gets pushed out the door sure so there's got to be somebody to kind of help rein that group in and, and you know help them achieve their best potential while also being realistic in, in what the goals of the project are but yeah the yeah, the i think there's a pretty fundamental mismatch in the amount of power that the you know financial side has versus the creative side i think really the creative side dances to the fucking whims of whoever holds the purse strings and that's not an equilibrium which would actually be healthy for pushing out really quality pieces of work but
1: yeah and and you know these these two sides work together. like the original pokemon launched and did extremely well and and was a like I guess what I'm trying to say is it starts with the creative ideas and the attempt, the first attempt. Mm-hmm. And when those ideas prove their worth, it leads to a lot more attempts and then it just slowly gets super fucking diluted. Like Pokemon has become Yeah. <laughs> when, if if you could just go back a bit and, and, and keep trying to innovate and for God's sake, Nintendo or Pokemon team, whatever the fuck their company's called, uh, you have the resources to not put out, in my opinion, like a fucking two out of ten if you factor in the technical issues. <laughs> sure. It didn't It didn't have to be like that. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Um, but I, I, anyway, what I was trying to say is it starts with an idea that, uh, you know, hopefully it does well, and then the potential for that income is realized, but eventually it just seems to skew so fucking far towards, uh, like, pure money and, and nostalgic cash-in, and I, I come back to... I was going to say FF Seven Remake, but while I didn't care for it, I, it is still a well made game. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah not, at not least a, not the best example, but the, <laughs> yeah, the milking I, I... of the FF Seven universe. Right? Sure, sure, sure.
0: Yeah, why innovate uh, when maybe... you can just reproduce and and print money? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, that's that's my my long extended thoughts on Pokemon as a franchise and the new Pokemon in particular. I was pretty underwhelmed in the end by it, but. Um, yeah, that's uh, that for Pokemon. Um, you want All to right. take next, next, time.
1: All right, I'm going to talk about Ease the Oath in Felghana.
0: Oh, my God, this, this fucking topical-ass podcast. Let's go.
1: <laughs> so I've been playing. Uh, my next game is also old, and nobody will know about it. Um, yeah, been, I decided to revisit this. I haven't played this in a long time. Um, I beat this as a teenager, I think. So mm-hmm. I, can, I have no idea how long ago. Um, but I decided to revisit it. It was cheap on Steam and goddamn did it hold up really well for me. Um, I love the art style, uh, the music, it's Falcom, so the music is always fucking on point. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've never heard of Ease, it's an action RPG series by Falcom, and like uh, more recent games in the series are party based. You've probably heard of those. There's a new one coming out called, called uh, Ease Nordics. Um, that's gonna star a younger version of Adel. He, Adel is the main character in like all of the E games.
0: Yeah, he, they carry um, him over every time. He's always the protagonist, which is kind of neat.
1: Yeah, it's it's the series is about like his adventures. He's pretty yeah. much just an adventure, and he gets himself into crazy scenarios, and you get to have some fun with it. Which is um, which is honestly,
0: a, I think, a really elegant, simple setup for for a series oh, yeah. that yeah, you yeah, can definitely. then reinvent pretty significantly entry to entry, right?
1: Yeah, and he's always known as like he's always identified by his like super red hair. Yeah, it's kind of his his running trait. and Yeah, it's just this dude looking for adventure in life, and it's it's he's very it's simple setup, but it leads to cool, fun games. So, um, the earliest games in the series had like an unusual bump combat system. It's awful. where you couldn't. It's it sucks. It's <laughs> you couldn't so swing your sword. You had to walk into enemies at a specific angle so that your sword would actually hit them, and it felt like shit. Yeah, the, but,
0: these are on like NES, like original Inter- Nintendo Entertainment System.
1: Yeah, these are the oldest ones, and eventually it, it, it went to um, uh, like Falcon became known for their awesome action gameplay. And Oath and Valgana is of like their. Um, of the ease era with this kind of graphic style this to me is the best one and it feels fucking great to play even today Mm -hmm. um uh, anyway so this has action combat feels really great and snappy and you can also jump so there's a degree of platforming and uh, you have to jump to dodge attacks so that's (laughs) kind of other than what you unlock throughout the game it's just swing your sword and jump sometimes that's what you start with um so a long-ass time ago, I beat this on Nightmare Mode, which is the hardest difficulty that's available at first. Um, but Inferno is actually the hardest, and you have to unlock that one. I never did Inferno,
0: but or inferno. Um,
1: but I decided I wanted to relive this, so I decided to play on Nightmare again. And fuck me, is that hard?
0: <laughs> I, I, for context, I also beat this back in the day, probably when John was playing it at the same time and told me I should play it. And I really like this game. It does a lot of things well. I was playing just on normal-ass mode because I didn't want to hate my life. And even on normal-ass mode, some of the bosses made me want to pull my hair out. And I actually stopped playing the game because I just I couldn't be bothered. But um, Nightmare, I can only imagine, John, what that experience was like.
1: Uh, well, I'm going to get into... Uh, my overall opinion of the game is I still really like it and despite playing on Nightmare I still have a lot of fun mm-hmm. and I'll get into to why and also a lot, some of the frustrations but um, I'm still currently trying to beat the final boss uh, I'm at the final boss and unlike most of the games I'm, I'm trying not to quit right at the last fight <laughs> 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 uh, which is a habit I have I guess classic um, <laughs> but it's really tough and I, I have some complaints about how it's tough in a second Um, But yeah, I I made it to the final boss. I managed to get him down to uh, about 1,000 HP out of a total of 9,000. So I'm close, but I haven't tried in a few weeks. Um, That said, the the difficulty and the boss patterns um, in the higher difficulties, because the boss patterns change when you you go up in difficulty, um, can be really frustrating. The tracking can be weird. Your ability to react and dodge to these things can feel really fucking tight and, and kind of i want to say unpredictable but unreliable at times um, and that gets extremely frustrating at least until you unlock some of your extra abilities and one in particular is the earth bracelet and that there's there's three elemental bracelets in the game and th- this was the allusion i was making and when we were talking about pokemon i was alluding to this every time you get one it, it really allows you to alter your approach. You mm. get the fire bracelet, which gives you a ranged attack, which can be a lifesaver sometimes. You get the wind bracelet, which lets you stay in the air significantly longer, and without that, you're not going to beat some bosses. Uh, and also, it lets you dodge a lot of enemy crowds, or if you get them into this... Um, when you use the charge attack, you basically you do Link's spin attack, essentially, but longer. So you, you're uh, a spinning blender of sword <laughs> and if you catch a group of enemies in that thing the damage is, is awesome so you have a lot of movement ability and great damage with that one but then my favorite is the earth bracelet because when you charge that up you do this tackle that makes you uh you're immune it's essentially like an on-command dodge thing that has eye frames and does damage and it feels fucking great um and it, it is a significant change to how you're going to approach boss fights especially because when you have that ability on your side you can make the the split second choice to just go through that shit if you can time it right um so what's the problem with that well first it takes a while to get um and on the higher difficulties especially it'd be great to have it earlier um and it also takes it's going to take some practice to be able to pull that off um uh, consistently but the main gripe is, especially with the final boss, I'm, I'm struggling to re- remember if there's any other boss that does this, but the final boss takes away those abilities. Mm. For significant portions of the fight, this kit you've built up is not available to you. And it's it's incredibly frustrating. Um, I hate it when they give you these tools that affect how you play and, and for the final battle, it's like, <laughs> we're gonna take all these away now and you're back to like your core set.
2: Yeah, uh,
1: It's like Imagine playing like a Devil May Cry or something and all the shit you've been buying with your um, I remember what they're called I'm just going to call them souls, but all the, the points you get from enemies imagine all that crap is taken from you. <laughs> all the awesome combos you're capable of now are taken from you for the final fight like just because Yeah, it, same, it, feel, same, it feels like shit.
0: same way that if you you know if you improve a character's movement in an action game and then you take away that improved movement, it feels terrible
1: yes it feels it feels bad so I, I i don't care for this um getting a tool that changes your play style is fucking awesome it, it feels like a really like the earth bracelet and, and the wind bracelet especially they feel like great expansions to your your kit it's that's to me it's great design mm-hmm. and then you take it away and it's just it's such a step backwards yeah. so and it feels bad because it's so artificial um, like the better way to design that fight, in my opinion, is design a fight that takes full advantage of all the abilities you 've unlocked it's it 's the final boss, like pull out all the stops, make me use all of my tools, uh, but they went the other way and decided you can 't have your tools yep. <laughs> um, that aside final boss is kind of a special gripe there that aside, uh, despite the difficulty, I had a pretty good time. I must have tried some bosses over a hundred times, Jesus um, Christ it didn't bother me too much because retrying is so damn fast there's there's no dark souls like walk of shame here
0: yeah um
1: you know i'm i just hit retry and i could try again and try and pick up that boss pattern so when it when it's that quick um it it felt pretty good and if it was still too hard i could always just reload my save gain a level or two because a level makes a significant difference in this game Um, so if you're willing to grind a bit you can just grind a few levels out and try again and it often makes uh, a huge difference and you'll be able to get through it Mm. Um, so I I had a lot of fun with that Uh, aside from some of the unpredictable kind of cheap feeling boss moves I I know there was a couple that stood out to you even in normal mode Um, aside from that it's I think it's still definitely worth playing
0: I I think it's a solid game My, my biggest gripe was just that I often felt the game did a bad job of showing me how i was supposed to react to a move and i would kind of think i'd figured out how i was supposed to dodge or something and then i would do that exact same thing and it wouldn't work the next time um i'd agree with that and a couple times i just looked up what i was supposed to do and i was like oh i just i didn't expect that that's the movement i had to do to dodge that attack so i think they did kind of a poor job telegraphing and and making it clear as to you know like hit boxes and stuff like that so what exactly you're supposed to dodge i find that a bit frustrating
1: some of them some of them even when you understand what they want that doesn't mean it feels good yeah um (laughs) some of some of the expected timings from you don't feel super intuitive Mm -hmm. um you can learn them but yeah that that doesn't make them well well designed necessarily yeah Um, and and it's the last thing i'll say no go
0: ahead it's inconsistent some bosses i didn't feel it and they felt great and some i was the whole it kind of ruined the whole thing for me right so yeah exactly
1: um yeah i'll I'll, I'll give an ex- one example here. Um, there is a fiery bird boss I can't recall the name, but uh, what it does is you're you're fighting in this like narrow uh horizontal platform and the bird will do some charge attack and hit the floor and will flip over the platforms so they'll be covered in spikes now so the the whole gimmick of the fight is as the fight goes on your space to move on can be reduced um, you're going to have to change up your approach and use the wind bracelet to, to fly and hit this thing in the air but it often felt like shit because he would, he would just flip everything over except one little thing and like repeat a charge attack like six times and I'm just like fuck me is this like repetitive and boring and then if you screw it up the punishment is so yeah. severe that you might yeah. as well just restart yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it took a while to get through him, and he didn't—he didn't feel particularly good, even though the idea was cool. It could have been implemented better. Um, but last thing I'll say is, as I still fucking love this art style, I think it still looks so good. They—they um, they use three D models that they turn into their sprites, and they're—they're they're still so
0: charming. Yeah, the game—the game's super charming looking, and yeah, continue. Sorry.
1: This is uh, this is the art style used in that um, uh, trails the. Uh, not the first i think it is the first Mm. the trails Mm -hmm. in the sky rpg right um that really really blew up and now the Trails series is huge um but the the first one with like a stealth it looks like this and it still holds up the look holds up really well yeah but yeah that's it for ease uh what's your next one
0: uh next one is our shared one vampire survivors ah okay Do do you want to do that
1: one now or do you want me to finish xanadu
0: um. Actually, you know what? I've got Sorry. God of War Ragnarok to quickly talk about as well. So okay. And you yeah, can you do Xanadu, it. and then we'll we'll come to Vampire, and then I'll finish with Chain Echoes. Um so, so I'm actually not going to talk a lot about God of War because uh, I haven't finished it, and I don't want to finish it, which is the problem. Um, that surprises me. I my my hot take here is. With the God of War 2018, I think is when it came out. The one that they made Kratos somebody we could all actually give a shit about again. Um, or rather, I should say, they reinvented Kratos. Um, they kind of had to prove it to us, or prove to us that it was worth revisiting this this franchise, if you know what I mean. Like, and, and revisit it and take it seriously. Because God of War is a kind of a hammy action game where you're a Greek god who's killing all the other gods and fucking women to replenish your health and shit, so...
1: You the know, original ones are they're not deep
0: <laughs> yeah they're not deep um they are what they are they've, they've still got some fun aspects of them and I, i've played them on they're, they're good but yeah so they True. when they changed it up with 2018 they had a lot to prove and i think that that just kind of made them take a very different approach to the storytelling and the scenes and and their kind of level of self-indulgence but since that was such a big hit well now they had nothing to prove anymore right they had the goodwill so now they could kind of take this God of War IP and and do whatever they wanted with it, right? We were going to buy the sequel. We might not have bought the original one, depending on how that was received. You know what I mean? Um, right. So I feel like with the God of War Ragnarok, it's way less focused. It's it's there's too much going on. It's 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 too much chaos. I find the characters less compelling. The new characters I just don't really care about as much. Um, I just haven't found the journey as interesting. It, it's got, like, all the right pieces that would, that should excite me. I love North Norse mythology, um, and, and seeing that teaser of Thor coming to Kratos and Atreus's little hut at the end of the first game had me really excited for, for that confrontation. Uh, you know, Odin's in this game, you get to see a bunch of him up close, and, like, it's got all the right ingredients, but for whatever reason, and forgive me, I'm gonna do that thing where I just have trouble really drilling down exactly why but it just isn't grabbing me and i i probably put in about 15 hours maybe a bit less i've done a fair bit of playing and i just don't have it in me to go back and, and continue and when i was last playing i was really just pushing forward for the story and not really engaging with the side stuff there's just there's too much of it and it's i just again it's not that rewarding or fun like you get a new piece of armor which might look cool but I'm also sick of the RPG elements for these games I actually think it's a big hindrance yes yeah I, I think that the amount of like building character building and like skill treeing and weapon upgrading and rune slot stuff like holy shit there's so much RPG menu crap and it sucks like it's really not fun I get zero joy from that part of the game. I just like it's a I character the same I, way in the first one. It's a character action game that's really narratively heavy so I kind of just want simple upgrades. I want armor upgrades that look cool and make me stronger, but I don't want to look at numbers and decide which one's better for this stat or that stat. You know what I mean? Like just kind of a more classic progression system where you get to this point or you did this side quest. So you get the next cool ax upgrade and maybe that was optional or something.
1: I really think the, even the first game would have benefited from, from
0: trimming the fat there. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I, just, I wanted to ask you
1: because um, you, you you were bouncing off this fifteen hours in. Did they ha, is has the gameplay like evolved in any way, or, or or are the parts of the first game that they carried over was that still grabbing you? And is it is it the story you're bouncing off of? Is it gameplay changes? Um, like how how much has this changed? And like what are the parts that aren't really doing it for you? Yeah,
0: I I would say combat. Is more or less the same, with some new skills yeah. and stuff. You do start with the the K- blades of chaos and the axe at the same time. This time, of course, um, okay. there's a third spear weapon. I actually haven't gotten the spear yet, so maybe that'd be cool. Um, what? Oh, I is up, part of
1: the problem then that this
0: has not evolved much. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's part. Actually, I just remembered. I ended up turning the difficulty down to the easiest mode because I was getting frustrated with the combat too. like I wasn't I was feeling like a slog. I was feeling enemies were too okay. spongy and taking too long to kill. I had a couple encounters where I was just getting frustrated that it was giving me more trouble than I wanted it to. And I was obviously playing it in a mood where I wasn't really willing to engage <laughs> with like the the mechanics of equipping certain skills and runes and armor to maybe make this encounter easier. I just didn't want to do any of that, right? just so couldn't I,
1: build up those stagger me yeah days.
0: that's right yeah so i kicked down the difficulty and just fucking plowed through which is never a good sign if i'm doing that it's it's a sign that i'm probably going to bounce off it pretty soon um right yeah i don't know it, Yeah, it, it's, I, i'd agree I, I do the same thing when I'm it, yeah to just when you <laughs> yeah it, it's um it's gotten it's gotten a ton of praise and i really haven't seen much critical coverage of it at all uh so i definitely think i'm in the minority here i wish i had really liked it i really wanted to but i just don't it's not it's not what i wanted from the the god of war sequel it's not not their best effort i think as far as anyways i haven't seen the the end of it i haven't seen the conclusion i probably shouldn't i should reserve final judgment until i watch it all on youtube but uh <laughs> it just i don't i don't think i'm gonna come back and finish it i don't know we'll see maybe someday when i'm super bored and i just decide to go through it um the other thing i'll say is each section is just too long this is part of the self-indulgence piece like they just they kept going and going and going like a new area but it kind of made me groan because i was like shit we're gonna be here for hours just like <laughs> doing the same shit fighting enemies and having little banter between things between actual big story moments and yeah it was just it a is lot. funny
1: to say, hear that because you're you're mirroring a lot of what i was thinking towards the end of the because i didn't finish the first game because i felt the same way like I kind of wish this ended hours ago. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough.
0: Um, and, and yeah, so I, I th- as you, so all of those complaints you have with the first one, I would say, would almost certainly be heightened by by the sequel. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I knew I would. It
1: wouldn't be for me. I wasn't going to try it. But I, yeah. Um, yeah, I know you really liked the first one. I'm surprised. It, well, uh, me too. That's why I'm
0: surprised. There. Also, I was, I was kind of just like, why don't I like this? Why can't? Why am I not getting enjoyment out of this game? Um, again, I guess, I guess those obviously were things that. I kind of liked the first one in spite of, to some degree. So clearly I wanted a bit of a breath of fresh air here, but more of the same and longer, I guess, just wasn't what I was after. So,
1: Do the story beats that you've seen, do they make up for that in any way? I guess and... not enough to push through. No, that's but...
0: the thing. Not, not, not really. Like, uh, no, no, they just don't. I didn't, I didn't like a lot of it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna leave it with that. I don't, like, I don't like it a lot. Brutal. Yeah. Anyways, but again, I'm definitely in the minority here. If you are a big fan of the first game, I definitely think this game is worth picking up and trying. Like, I don't think you even necessarily need to wait for a sale. Like, I, I think if you were a big fan of the first one, you'll probably like this one. I think that I'm unique and, and not enjoying it as much. Um, and it, it's a very well-made game. Like, it looks incredible. The the scenery, the like the production values out of this world performances are all pretty good i think there were a couple of weaker ones but yeah in general like all that aspect of it is is totally up to snuff so
1: i said yeah. this when we talked about the first one too like i was i was so impressed with how good it looked yeah like, fuck me yeah they, they game.
0: that <laughs> team is team is talented as shit and and i played on ps5 so yeah it, it looked it looked awesome so give them props for and, and again good like good world design at all it all like environment wise creative artistic team-wise great job kudos to them just uh yeah the game is a package just let me down so anyways you heard it here first (laughs) god of war ragnarok is bad definitively bad game if you like it you're bad so there you go there we go the
1: branching path
0: hot take (laughs) branching path (laughs) hotcast
1: okay um okay i'm gonna talk about xanadu next
0: this is another super topical game sorry Jen, you're gonna talk uh, about xanadu next next xanadu next, next next just to be clear because because when you text when you typed that it's name it's called xanadu next when you typed that name into the chat when you initially mentioned this to me i was like what like what are you talking about and, then oh. I, and then I remember you thought or i thought it was that old nes game Fax xanadu and I was right. like, what? Anyways, so Xanadu
1: Next is the, is the title. Yeah, it's
0: actually called Xanadu Next. Um,
1: so this is another Falcom game. Uh, this is what
0: got me in the mood to
1: revisit Ease, actually. Um, but I bought this uh, quite a while ago on sale. I decided to just try I bounced off hard the first time because I didn't care for the controls. I just couldn't get past the controls. And I'll explain how this works. <clears throat> so you, you can play the entire game with just the mouse or to make things easier on your mouse hand, the mouse and the X key on your keyboard. I think maybe also Z to cast a spell or whatever. But you, you move by clicking and holding the left mouse button, which causes your character to run. And then you have to move your mouse around to guide this arrow on screen to steer your character while they're running. Um, so And that arrow's on screen to you know, help you orient yourself because it can be a little disorienting. Um, And to make it easier on yourself, you can hold X to run and just move the mouse to steer. So you don't have to hold down the button the whole time. Um, And it's weird. It does not... When you get into the game, it honestly did not really affect my enjoyment. Um, There are... I have a few... I I have one minor gripe that got in the way sometimes. And obviously, I would much rather have played this with a controller, but... One side, I decided to spend a few hours and just deal with it and see if I can get into the game. And damn, this this time it grabbed me hard. Like cool. I had such a good time with this game. Nice. Um, and I'll just cover that uh, control gripe I had. So because of how simplistic it is, you, this can cause you when you want to attack something, you you mouse over that target and you click or you hit the X key. But because the the controls are so simple and X can also be move or click can also be move. It can cause you to move when you want to attack and attack when you want to move. So you you end up making a lot of these little micro adjustments you didn't mean to make. Mm. Um, It isn't a terribly huge problem. Um, The game is not so difficult that it's going to get you killed or anything. I took a few extra hits, but, um, it can be adjusted to, and ultimately, I think the game's good enough that it's worth sticking it it anyway. Okay. But I, I would love to see... It's never going to happen, but I would love to <laughs> see this come out and actually have proper controller support. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, maybe there's a mod out there that I wasn't aware of. Um, uh, and also, you can... I think it's been a while. My notes updated here were, were also pretty old, but uh, you can... I think with the right mouse button or the Z key, you can use an ability or cast a spell. Um, so pretty simple controls. Um, let's see. Controls aside, I really love the setting. I like the graphics. I like the music. It's Falcom again, so you know you're in for a good soundtrack. Right. Um, and, and ultimately the gameplay won me over, and I had a really good time with it. Combat, what's... really snappy and satisfying. Mm-hmm. you I was
0: just going to say, what's like the central draw? What, what really pulled you in?
1: Uh, I liked the graphic style a lot. What kept me around at first was um, it doesn't take long for the simple story setup to get going. And I also like that your character, it's a silent protagonist, but I liked that your character's backstory is um, there's a bit of mystery there. And also they're kind of in this depressive funk because of, of what happened to this order of knights they belong to. And like the political situation around that makes it, so he is, uh, maybe maybe some minor spoilers here, but he's essentially the last remaining knight mm-hmm. um, of, the, of this order. And um, early on in the game, you're confronted by a really powerful character who basically destroys you, and um, this uh, guardian thing bonds with you in order to keep you alive, but it also means that you have to find this legendary item now, to save your own life, so I like that setup as okay. simple as it is. Yeah, um, and then the music and the combat and whatnot, and it's it's got RPG levels and stats, so it's, it's the gameplay also. Story aside, just hooked me. Yeah, and then I is there? Ready, I was ready to write it out. <laughs> is
0: there? A, is there like changeable gear? Does your gear look different if you get new gear?
1: Uh, I'm trying to recall if armor does. Yes, yes, it does. Armor nice. and weapons
0: change. Sick. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so that's
1: another some hook um, so combat snappy and satisfying it's an action RPG even with the honor of controls it's still you're swinging your sword when you push the button on an enemy right mm-hmm. um, the later tiers of magic are really cool and can really fuck up a screen of enemies um, there's some, some really cool spells towards the end um, you learn magic from spell books and weapon skills by killing enemies with the weapon that teaches you that skill equipped so different weapons teach different skills, some active, some passive, and you can equip up to four total abilities at a time. Um, and that, so that, that four total—that's a mix of spells, active, and passive skills. You have to choose your your loadout of what you're benefiting from there. So if you want, you can put on nothing but passives to power yourself up and just roll out your sword. Um, so there's a, a nice, um, a little bit of decision making there, and you can still open the menu and change those on the fly if you're cool Um, but yeah it's a it's a pretty decent little system there's lots of abilities to gather and then there's also the guardian thing i was talking about before that we'll actually get into leveling a bit here one unusual feature is you have the ability to level yourself down um Hmm. and before we talk about that we have to talk about leveling in general so the game world contains a single hub town as your base of operations and you'll be visiting this church in town a lot because that's where you go to distribute the stat points you get every time you gain a level. Um, so when you gain a level, you get those points. You can go to the church, distribute them, but you can also refund them and distribute them again. And you can always do that for your latest level. Your points aren't dedicated. They're not locked in until you get the next level. Okay. Um, so you have some room to play with. If you save up stat points, you have more room to play with between levels if you want, or between the, that next level. Like, level you decide to, to accept a cutoff off there um, and as part of the story with those guardian abilities i was talking about um, actually i think this is missable um, i don't think it's a true missable but you will have to put in some effort to get it there's a guardian you can get uh, and these are represented by different cards and you choose which guardian you have active at the church to benefit from their ability and one of the abilities is when you gain a level you gain extra stat points so Towards the end of the game, when you find this thing, uh, and if you want to benefit from that, because they really do add up, I think uh, at each level gives you six points, and then using this ability gives you nine per level. So at that point, it's, I, I blasted myself all the way back down to level one to take advantage of those points. Mm, okay. um, and it's an interesting idea. Um, you level faster the second time around. It did not take me too long to catch up to where I was, and then mm. get past that because I was stronger now. Um, but it is, you are retreading ground there. There is a bit of grind and a bit of tedium there. It's it's an unusual idea, I, but it didn't it didn't affect my enjoyment. Cool, okay. Um, I just wanted to talk about it because I don't think I've seen that before. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, the plot, nothing really to write home about. Toward the end, the quality of the translation, I thought, took a dive. Damn. <laughs> um, the gameplay but the gameplay feels so zippy and satisfying that I it didn't I just finished anyway. Yeah, yeah, didn't really
0: Yeah. 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 One one of those it's interesting. Well, I'll talk about those with chained echoes, but at some point in a game it's almost like a it can be a nice to have but not a need to have. <laughs> it, it depends on how oh, much yeah. goodwill the game has built up with you at that point, right?
1: There's also just the level of you know when when, when you and I are criticizing a game like FF7 remake, um, there's how do i want to word this um when a part of a game wins you over enough you're going to be more forgiving towards other parts of the game yeah for sure and when you're playing something that really is not gelling with you on any level or one one thing that matters to you a lot really stands out and how fucking bad it is it it unfortunately colors the rest of the things standing next to it even if they aren't as bad right yeah yeah Uh, and then your opinion is going to get dragged down by how much you hate that one thing (laughs) and then and then
0: it can it's there could be versions of it where you know the one part of the game is good enough that you you can keep pushing through but eventually that other part that's important to you that isn't as good gets so grating that it just causes the whole thing to collapse legend of dragoon is a good example of that for me or I really enjoyed oh, the translations. yeah I really enjoyed the RPG like battles and the additions and the, the stuff like that uh, so that carried me through a ton of the game and then when all that kind of progression ended up maxing out and I was more or less done and I was at end game and the story was all I really had left I was like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this it's bad <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah it's a, it's a pretty legendarily bad translation know, legendarily explain. bad
0: <laughs> Legend of Dragoon yeah <laughs>
1: We need, a, we need a fan retranslation already oh my god yes we do uh, but yeah like the gameplay here the story was already pretty simple um, it, it, this isn't a walk for five seconds get a cutscene kind of game Yeah, you're gonna be out there leveling and, and fighting and, and just enjoying it for most of the time nice simple story beats move you forward and you go on to the next thing and uh, it's just what i I needed at that moment i had such a good time with it awesome
0: yeah so those gripes aside
1: oh good because i was yeah the last thing i want to say is those gripes aside i definitely still recommend it if you can uh if if you imagine you can adjust to the controls based on what i said there
0: yeah i don't i I think if it's something that you were made or you were able to put up with given how many times a small (laughs) gripe for me ended up being a game killing gripe for you i think that i think that i'll be fine (laughs)
2: that's fair enough
0: (laughs) cool yeah i'm looking forward to Uh, trying that one actually especially because it's just has never ever been on my radar like that's a that's a totally new game old game for me so yeah i'm I'm intrigued i think you'll like it a lot uh
1: and and then of course signalist so yeah you got you got a couple games here
0: nice um Okay, let's talk a bit about Vampire Survivors. We don't have to talk a ton about Vampire Survivors, but I just want to give everybody kind of our impressions of this fucking crazy game. Let's do it. Uh, so yeah. what's what's Vampire Survivors? It a uh, crack-a-da-cocaine in video game <laughs> form, at least for a little while. Um, it's a 2D roguelike kind of game where you you have a maximum of 30 minutes per run if you survive that 30 minutes you've technically completed that that stage or that run um your only input is moving your character around everything else is passive so as you're moving that character around they'll start with a weapon of some kind that will on a timer activate and say for example shoot out a knife if it's the knife weapon um with Gennaro, for example uh, whenever you defeat enemies and monsters, they have a chance of dropping crystals, which give you experience. You level up. And when you level up, you get a random selection of upgrades to choose from or new weapons or new passive items to hold to basically build your character to get stronger and strong enough to survive the increasingly difficult waves of enemies as that 30 minutes progresses. Um, right. You, There's a ton of achievements to it to get in this game by either just surviving long enough with certain characters... There's lots of different unlockable characters in this game who have different little quirks about them, either different starting weapons or passive abilities that they get to have for their entire run. Um, You get money when you, you know, find money in, in like, uh, stage obstacles and stuff like that, or you can get treasure chests from boss monsters and they often, well, they drop money every time. That money can be spent between runs on permanently increasing the power of your characters, um, and on unlocking characters and stuff like that, too. So, on top of that, there's multiple stages to go through. You have to meet certain conditions to unlock those other stages. There's fun little quirky secrets in some of the stages that you can find as well. Uh, some that are really easy to miss as well if you don't you know, maybe do a little bit of guide reading and, and wiki reading. Um, right. But it, it ends up getting to be just this fucking crazy spectacle of just death incarnate if you have a good build going where you're this <laughs> god at the center of ridiculous projectile and damage numbers going up for this you know incredible horde of monsters that you're destroying and and when it works when you have a good run and like everything goes according to plan it it just feels so unbelievably satisfying
1: it's it's a very satisfying game loop
0: yeah yeah the the loop is great like the 30 minute run itself is a very fun 30 minute run if all goes well but then the loop of okay spending what i got to upgrade unlocking the next level unlocking the character in that level getting that achievement with that character that unlocks maybe another character or something or unlocks their weapon for everybody else. Just lots of stuff to kind of keep you coming back and set little goals for yourself run to run. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it was a ton of fun. It's like a $4 game. It was on Game Pass for a while. It might still be. That's how I ended up getting it originally, but I have it on Steam now as well. Um, like if, if we're talking value, like purely like time-enjoyed, compared to money spent this was probably the most valuable game of the year for me i guess not including final fantasy 11 but that game can't we can't talk about that game um
1: (laughs) i'm gonna check my uh my time played here
0: yeah do it do it i i don't know if i can on on game pass or on xbox maybe i can but i don't know how to look it up so i'll let you do it
1: so I, i i have a habit of leaving a game on sometimes when i'm taking a
0: break so we'll
1: take if we take about five hours here off just we'll round up um,
0: then I would be sitting at about thirty-five hours. Solid, yeah, yeah. For four bucks, that's pretty damn good.
1: For four bucks yeah. plus like cheap two-dollar DLC. Oh, true. Yeah, that yeah, I also yeah. finished. Like yeah. that's that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, the value is incredible, and and it, it's just such a it's one of those games. I'd I heard about it from like I'd seen Kotaku articles or like Polygon articles about it. I heard about it on a podcast I was listening to about games and everybody was gushing about it and i would looked at screenshots and i thought it looked so unappealing but considering it was free on game pass that one day i was like okay whatever i'll try it as soon as you try it like you'll know right away if the hook is gonna sink itself into you and i knew right away i was like oh oh i see what this is about and it, it really <laughs> felt like crack cocaine like i couldn't i couldn't put it down it was so fun
1: i expected mobile game
0: garbage like
1: i kept seeing these articles pop up and i was like it's like the witcher 3 i'm so fucking tired of hearing about the witcher 3 (laughs) me too (laughs) and and i I keep seeing this vampire survivors pop up and i look at the screens and whatnot and I, i i never bothered to check a trailer or anything but it looked so unappealing yep and and then kyle tells me one day uh he's having such a fucking blast with it and for a couple bucks I figured why not and that yeah, holy fuck is it an addicting satisfying little game <laughs>
0: Yeah, it. it, it so I, I ended up buying it on Steam so I could play it on the Steam deck and I, I, I was playing from scratch because I didn't have all my save data and stuff and I will say that doing it a second time I was like okay <laughs> it's, it's definitely starting to wear on me, the novelty's worn off I've done some of this before it, it doesn't have like crazy staying power but I wanted to get into that next, yeah. Jeff. While it's got you in its grips, you will have a fun time. It will fade, but you know what? Again, it just it's well worth the, the little price tag it has. So I, I really can't hold it against it. It can't last forever, right? Like it's, it eventually you, it's, you can't.
1: Yeah. We've talked about this before. Yeah. You cannot expect a game to be fun forever for all time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, you're definitely going to get your value out of it, but... Um, so I, I got all these Steam achievements for the base game and the DLC because they're easy enough I figured I'm just gonna push through, even though towards the end I I was not having the same level of fun. Like mm-hmm. there are levels of tedium that set in. <laughs> yeah. But I decided to push through anyway. Um but yeah, like the once you once you kinda see everything it has to offer, uh and you may not have unlocked everything, but you know what to expect, then yeah, it, it kinda becomes more the same and the half-hour run starts to feel a little more sluggish yeah. um, when you're trying to rack up some of those point requirements for an achievement or something. Um, and we haven't talked about it yet, but one cool thing is you unlock the ability to uh, change your gameplay mode, essentially. You can do, like, hyper, where the timer is cut in half um, and your movement speed is increased. So there's some nice little things like that that can help uh, keep it a little fresher as yeah, you go on.
0: especially, like, like John said, if you... When the game is fresh and you haven't done anything yet, you it's pretty easy to kind of knock off a bunch of achievements in one run without even looking mm-hmm. to do it, right? You just kind of do it by nature of progressing. Eventually, yeah. if you start to look at the achievement list, which the game is kind enough to provide for you, um, now if you're starting to aim just for that particular one, going through a whole 30-minute run just to get that can be kind of frustrating.
1: Yeah, then you start to feel a bit of the, the this is more of the same kind of tedium ultimately it's it's fun enough and the spectacle is crazy enough with all these projectiles flying around that you can you can you can still enjoy it enough to to knock these out yeah call it done this isn't a game i'm going to go back to um but i for fucking five or six dollars i had a i had a blast yeah for sure
0: (laughs) i'd love to see the creator of this take I hope they made a shit ton of money. I know it was a low price tag, but I think the sheer popularity of it has probably given them a decent chunk of change. So I hope that they end up kind of taking this formula and refining it a bit more, tweaking it, trying some new interesting stuff. And I'd love to see like a round two of this. I'd be super hyped for that.
1: For sure. Yeah, a brand new one with new characters and stages and
0: maybe some new gameplay mechanics. I would definitely try that. Yeah, even like maybe some more movement options like there's a dodge or something like that right like that would be huge um mm-hmm. maybe not not again i don't think he needs to make it way more complicated per se but just just changing it up a little bit would be would be really cool having having like boss fights that are maybe because there technically is a boss fight in this game i guess maybe a couple boss fights if you count um some of the death incarnations but right i liked that one boss fight at the end of the game where i kind of had to be a bit more mindful of my Space and there were moves I had to look out for. That was cool. So, I, so more of that would be would be neat. Yeah,
1: maybe even a version of this where there's like a minor story mode and just a little more structure. Yeah, you know, because yeah. all the characters exist here already. It wouldn't be that difficult to add speech bubbles. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, true. Even like even a simple little Castlevania type story would be would be really neat. Like a stage based thing like mm-hmm. that would be cool. The lot of, you have the map where you're going through yep.
1: those stage you know what I mean exactly like the path there yep that's so exactly what I was thinking
0: fun. it'll be fun so anyways hopefully there's more from this guy and and more kind of in the same vein because while I'm kind of vampire survivor out at this point I I'm I'm here for something of a similar vein in the future so yeah it's, it's great if you haven't tried it out it's the couple people I've gotten it onto or gotten onto it have been completely and totally sold so I highly recommend it and it's a low for the
1: first few hours. At least this is crack. This will be crack. Yeah.
0: yeah. Low, low risk, high reward. So enjoy your crack addiction. But it's a, imagine you were able to enjoy the crazy highs of crack cocaine, which I not enjoyed myself. So I can't actually speak to them, but I imagine they're pretty good. Uh, imagine you could enjoy that for like 35 hours and then you just lost a taste for it. I, I mean, I think that'd be pretty great. I'd do it. So anyways, um, yeah. there you go
1: the branching <laughs> path endorsement <laughs> this is, that's what it says on our like seal of approval
0: <laughs> yeah kyle would do cocaine um so yeah the game's good try it out it's 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 something something fresh too i don't know just a, a fun new take on you know it, it's just like there's what else this year in 2022 i should say came out that was like a vampire survivors i'd say nothing so a cool little blast of fresh air
1: yeah, it's also it's not something I expected to play or it's not what I look for right. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. The like like you said, low risk, high reward. It's I wouldn't go normally go for this, but for 5 bucks I tried it and it just turned out to be so
0: much fun. This, so I,
1: I would definitely give it a shot.
0: It it's such a good argument for for indie games in my opinion too because it's less of an investment right, so it's a lower risk if you end up not enjoying the product, but often they can mm-hmm. pump out these gems, man that just just grab you. Speaking of which, um, that was my excellent segue into talking about Chain Echoes. Did you have another game on your list, John, before I go into Chain Echo talk?
1: Uh, no, it's all Chained okay. Echo time.
0: All right. I won't talk a ton, ton, ton about Chain Echoes because...
1: Also, I haven't played this. I so don't spoil it. Yeah, exactly.
0: I don't <laughs> want to spoil it for you. I don't want to get too in the weeds on like story and stuff, but I just want to give my overall endorsement um, of this game. So... Alright. Chained Echoes is currently on Game Pass. This is actually why I ended up playing it. And I'll talk a little bit about Game Pass in the end, too. But um, you turned me on to it first, because I think uh, Jake had sent you uh, a link for it. And I thought it looked pretty cool. It was getting pretty good reviews. Admittedly, I don't know. I I find review review sites and just reviews so unhelpful these days for for whether or not they're actually going to tell me if I'm going to enjoy something. So I was a bit. Yeah. I was a bit hesitant to drop the twenty whatever bucks, which is a great price, by the way. But um, it was a Game Pass, so i figured, okay, I'll try it out. And I was super pleasantly surprised. This is a passion project from one gentleman, one German gentleman, um, who has worked on this over the course of seven years. It's a two D, um, turn based RPG. It wears its inspirations on its fucking sleeve. Like you can see the DNA of you know Chrono Trigger and the old Final Fantasies and stuff just coursing through its its veins. But um, the the progression system and the polish of like the visuals and the combat and stuff like that that is what really has me hooked on this game. Um, I just find it feels really good to play. The battles are super snappy. They, they can actually... Each battle can take a little bit of time. Like, it's not like a really quick, you know, mash X a couple of times and you'll be done with it. Um, but right. they aren't super... Like, they're kind of peppered throughout the, each map. They're not really densely packed. Um, and they're not random. So they're the enemies are always on predetermined locations in the map. Sweet. So battles take a little bit longer. But the actions you take in the battle are so snappy and quick that it, it still feels really, really speedy and responsive and, and satisfying. Um, and there's a fair bit of like strategizing and nuance to the combat too that you're not really going to be mindlessly playing a lot of the time. Admittedly, I have gotten into a bit of a uh, a routine for kind of what my typical start of battle looks like, and that hasn't actually had to change very often. But in general, combat's very fun. Um, the, the, the world, he's built a really interesting world. It's got cool lore to it. The biggest weakness of Chained Echoes is the writing, in my opinion. Some of this definitely comes from like English as a second language because he's a German guy, so the English script was written by him. Actually, I think the game was just written in English. Maybe it has a German script as well, but you can just tell. Some of the wording is awkward. It's hard sometimes for a character to shine through when there's a, a language barrier that's being overcome to put that dialogue down to paper to begin with. Um, right. I was actually chatting with a friend of ours who lives in, in Montreal so he's he speaks French now having lived there for a couple of years but he said that one of the main things he notices speaking French is he's he's a very different person when he speaks French like his personality doesn't really shine through nearly as much because hmm. the subtle nuances of language you know like homonyms and like sarcasm in terms of phrase and just, just all that stuff that we use for humor and and you know context it's it's because you have to think so hard about it he said one i'm a way less funny when i speak french and just a much less funny person and i, I miss jokes right. all the time he said so right away he's gonna seem like a totally different person right um compared to how i would know him just when he speaks english with me
1: um you don't think about that much but when you're trying to to learn this language it would be difficult even to know where to where to put the wrong and fastest on the right syllables? Well, that's
0: see, that's a that's a great example, John. Right? Like that's that's a silly little emphasis joke, right? It's a syllable joke in English that everybody who speaks English naturally would just. I'm sure they've heard that joke at some point, right? Or, but I still got wrong because yeah. I mixed up right and wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> that, goes, that goes to show, yeah.
1: like when you're trying to to feel that out with a, a second language or or whatever, that would be really difficult to do that without a lot of practice
0: yes without really living that language for a long time right and a a same thing i had never thought about it like that and that was a a really insightful comment from him I, i really appreciated that it was a cool perspective shift um right so so i think that that's also fundamentally one of the biggest issues with some of our favorite video games that have especially jrpgs that have these weaker scripts right um now that involves translation, which is kind of a whole other thing, but I'm pretty sure this again script was written by a German national in English, so you 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 definitely lose some of the character nuance he was going for. I still think the characterization's pretty good. I have a pretty good sense of like there's like there's a lot of characters in this game. Like you have I think ten playable characters by the end of the game. Oh wow. And you can have technically eight in a battle at once, although only four actively in battle um okay but you can switch characters on their turn for no penalty whatsoever uh so you really do have access to all eight of those in the battle at all times which is nice um yeah anyways so the writing is is the weakest part but as, as the world opens itself and you get to explore it a bit more and the side quests start kind of coming up um just just there's always something you're working towards that's kind of exciting and whenever I was basically caught up with all the side content and then got to the next story bit, even if that story bit's writing wasn't superb, usually the scenario was still interesting enough and moved us in a, a good direction. And then the reward at the end of that was usually new areas I hadn't seen, which is cool. You know, new boss fights, all that stuff. And then also new side content to do, uh, which has been just engaging and compelling. And the loop is, is effective as fuck. It, it's just... It's a really competent, old school JRPG, but with all the kind of modern trappings of of game design. Like, you can save at any time, right? You're not so I'm never gonna lose a bunch of progress. If I lose a battle, I can retry it immediately. I don't have to go back to the save point. You can it's run weird. from every battle. There's you don't have to sit in it and, and die if you know you're gonna lose. You can just run and, and try to you know to mess with your formation and go at it again, but. So all all that stuff just definitely works in its favor. Um, excellent soundtrack. The I forget the name of the guy who did the music. Please look it up if you if you play the game because he deserves some attention. Um, but a really really good uh, melody forward soundtrack that's not trying to be just atmosphere. It's also trying to kind of get stuck in your in your head. And there's some really good tracks in there. So as a package, it just totally works. It has absolutely scratched my jrpg itch and I I'm so grateful for this game and this guy for making it it could be like an all-time best of in my opinion if it had good writing but because the writings kind of lackluster I think in the end if I had to kind of approach like a number score I'm around like an eight maybe a nine um, okay but considering it's been that like it's been a long time since I've played a 2d jrpg inspired game like this that i've actually really enjoyed and stuck with so just big uh, big ups to this guy for for making chained echoes it's it's been a ton of fun I, as soon as we're done here i'm gonna go back to playing it so
1: i hope uh i hope in the future he has there i hope well first i hope the game is doing well sales-wise for this guy because it's such a a huge effort from one person who yeah, no loves the genre um said the guy who hasn't played it but sounds good so it must be true (laughs) but i I hope uh much like persona 5 maybe there's a a second translation attempt um to improve the english
0: yeah that'd be interesting (laughs) i don't know i said translation i
1: don't even know if it was german at first but yeah that's that's actually a second pass could improve it a
0: lot yeah that's something i should have actually looked at before we did this but I, i don't know if it was a german script he then translated it to english I don't know if he even did that himself, or if there was somebody that he hired for that. I, I'm not entirely sure, Right. so I, I'm missing a little bit of detail there. But I, it definitely feels like a a translated or a you know dialogue through what was initially a German brain <laughs> coming out.
1: Whatever whatever the reasoning behind it is, the English script we got is this is a little lackluster. Yeah, That's again, just
0: thing. just you can just. I, I, I can feel it in the way that the characters talk to each other. Sometimes it's kind of, it's sometimes a bit awkward and stilted, and and I can tell what he's going for, but it's just not quite landing like I think he intended. All this is to say, it yeah. all makes perfect sense. I'm never like sitting there truly confused as to what's going on because it was unclear or anything like that. So it's it's very competent, um, but just uh,
1: so you're not you're not saying bad structurally. You're saying not particularly what emotive or
0: yeah like if you were gonna i kind of would say it's like a like a a novice writer maybe like a young person maybe like a young teen kind of writing dialogue between characters does that make sense like maybe it it comes across a little naive sometimes maybe in like just somebody not super practiced at their craft of, of like writing a very compelling, interesting, tonally consistent character. Okay. Um, and and it just, yeah. So some of the scenario writing too, like it's got some pretty lofty ideas, which is all communicated through character dialogue, right? Um, there's not really narration. So Mm -hmm. if the character dialogue isn't super clean and, and eloquent, uh, you just end up losing some of the the, the punch for for a lot of the, so it's not, the story beats, too.
1: The delivery there isn't really living up to those yeah.
0: ideas. Yeah, de- exactly. The delivery's a bit, a bit lacking, for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'll be curious to, uh, have to take some notes on that when I go through
0: it. Yeah, I, I again, the story as a whole, I, I do think that I've got some issues with it. It's definitely not perfect. Um, some of the, the themes and stuff aren't really, again, they're not really landing, I think, with the impact he wanted them to. Um, or some ideas which are really cool in the moment aren't really expounded upon. Uh, so, again, j- just just nothing, nothing... No deal breakers. It's just, this is the one area of the game where I think I would um, make some improvements, and then it would really, really elevate it to something truly fucking special long-term. I, st- I still think it will have some right. staying power. I still think it will be talked about in the you know RPG community for a long time for being kind of this surprise hit but yeah that that would be where I would improve it um the only other thing I'll say gameplay wise which I find really frustrating and annoying is there's a whole system with crystals which you get from these little crystal deposits in the world um you combine crystals of the same effect so say there's like an attack up crystal I can combine... So say I get an attack up 2 and an attack up 3. If I combine those together, they become an attack up 5, and their effect is higher when you get past certain thresholds for how much, you know... If it's an attack up 5, I go from 10 to 20% attack up. If it's an attack up 8, I go from 20 to 30%. Um, okay. That whole system could have worked, but um, whenever you combine crystals, they lose purity so the base crystal that you choose has a certain purity rating from like 1 to 10 let's say and whenever you combine them they lose purity and when they get to purity 0 they can no longer be used in crafting anymore that ah, that okay. that itself is okay it still limits you and it makes me kind of not want to interact with the system until late game because I'm worried about fucking up my crystals but, right. but what really ruins it is when you put it into a weapon or a piece of armor and then take it out of that piece of armor it loses purity when you remove it as well <laughs> which means Perhaps. and, and you're, you're pretty consistently getting new weapons and armor as the game goes on um so every time you get a new piece of gear you feel like oh fuck if i put a crystal in that old piece well i'm i'm you know i'm just getting it closer and closer to not being able to use it anymore as part of my big epic end game crystal loadout so i basically have not engaged with the crystal system whatsoever because nothing comes with so much purity to begin with that I have all kinds of, you know, wiggle room. I kind of have to be really careful with what I put it in. So I'm basically not going to be touching that until I get the, the final pieces of equipment for everybody. And then I'll go ham on the crystals and, and boost them up like crazy. So That's
1: unfortunate. It feels like uh, a step too far because now it's it's more of the hoarding mentality,
0: right? Yes. Yeah. Again, it, it's one system among a number of them and again there aren't too many systems in this game i don't think it's overly complex thankfully um but i actually think the game would have benefited from this system being worked. like if the kinks were worked out it would have been a really nice little extra layer um but instead it's kind of just been just without
1: the purity aspect
0: yeah just just without the purity aspect and maybe just reduce the number of crystals you get because you get a fucking shit ton um
1: or the ability to restore
0: purity yeah exactly something like that right but uh, no, if, if you lose the purity, then that's that's that. It can't be used anymore. The other thing is there's some rules about you can't use a combined crystal as a base crystal anymore. So even if that crystal has a ton of purity left, it's like useless now because you have to use a new base. Anyways, it's it's it, it's just messy. It's not good. Let's just I'll just say yeah. that it's flat out not good. It's, it's the worst. It's probably the worst part of the game is the whole crystal system. So it just needed some extra attention and love, but. Anyways, the game has been totally fine without that system, right? You you can just choose not to engage with it at all and it really hasn't colored my enjoyment of the game otherwise, aside from knowing it could have been better. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, nothing that couldn't be addressed in a patch in the future.
0: Yeah, who knows? I don't know if you... Maybe, maybe that will happen. Yeah, maybe, actually, because yeah. I have been seeing that on, the, on the, the Reddit page for this game that it's pretty common consensus that the crystals just aren't very good. So, yeah, maybe in the future, we'll see. Um, so maybe when you finally get around to it, that'll be fixed and it'll be even better. It'll be sweet. But
1: yeah, the game's... So now I'm just, I'm just I'm incentivized to not waste my own purity and and wait for the patch. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: um, we should see we should see like if he has any plans for addressing stuff that fundamentally like game changing, or if his patches are all just going to be kind of bug fixes and then he's going to move on. I'd be curious to see what he says. Yeah,
1: huh. it, it, and I'm I'm also joking. It's not a deal breaker for me. Yeah. it still sounds like a really solid rpg (laughs) um
0: it's funny to think how fucking different of a time we live in now game dev wise though because that's technically an option to him right he could he could you know send out a patch to totally fundamentally change how that system works you know back in the day when the cd was printed whatever shitty fucking systems he had on there that people were gonna hate they were on there so you made your decisions live with it yep yeah weird stuff
1: you never had that. You never had the, the storage in a PS One to handle. Like I mean, if the if the infrastructure was there and the PS One had uh, enough internal storage to handle a patch, I'm sure you could have applied that programmatically. But um, we did. The systems were not in place, right? Right. You weren't. You're. You're not reburning the disc it's just living on your it's like any other patch today it just lives on your console right and is applied when you run the game
0: right imagine though it was um, like uh well was, but before the internet right it was yeah then it was really you had to reprint the disc or like okay we're gonna we're gonna send out a patch so everybody who bought the game is gonna get a cd mail to their house <laughs> put that in your system it has enough storage to, to keep that thing and then put the other and it, like it would never have happened obviously so
1: yeah, we didn't. We didn't have online consoles at the time. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, if the infrastructure existed, it would. It would. Have, it would what a world that would have been. Yeah, know?
0: no kidding. <laughs> so, anyhow, Chain Echoes is excellent. Please give it a try. If you have any enjoyment for old JRPGs, it, it it has totally scratched the itch for me, and I've I've had no problem going back to it session after session. So, yeah, give it a shot.
1: I can't wait to try it. Yeah.
0: All right, that is, I think. All we've got for today—a solid two-hour freewheeling video game chat. So you get two hours every three months. Two, that's us. right, you mother, you <laughs> fucking greedy motherfuckers. Um, you got tons of video game recommendations from us too. So if you were, uh, if your video game list was, if your backlog wasn't already super full like ours is, then you've got a few more to add to it. So
1: here you
0: go. Cool. All right. Anything you want to say before I uh, cut you off and end this podcast? uh no thanks for listening and uh see you next time all right thanks for listening guys take care thank you for listening to the branching path podcast check us out on twitter at branch path pod or just search branching path podcast check out our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash branching path podcast you can find the podcast on apple podcasts on spotify and on our rss website which is rss.com slash branching path podcast thanks again for listening take care